Hello, you're listening to Shut Up and Watch This, episode number 19. I'm Dave. I'm Ashley. And we're a couple getting to know each other better by uncovering each other's media and pop culture blind spots and sharing the must-see movies and guilty pleasures from our pasts. Each week, one of us chooses a movie to make the other one watch. Yes. Each week. Not each week. Actually, welcome to our sporadic podcast. Once a month. It's we're kind of we're kind of at once a month right now. We have we always have good excuses. Not that it's uh, this is not a new feature on the show or anything, but we should actually explain that this time um, you haven't heard from us for a while because we got married. We did. We got married last week. Last week. Was that last week? It was last week. Oh, (laughs) and what better way to celebrate our marriage than to watch a horror film and then talk about it in the room in which we were married? It's true. So we're recording at our uh, dining room table in our little house the streets are dark it's october 30th mm-hmm. <laughs> and so it's a perfect night to talk about halloween, halloween john carpenter 1978 yes this is my pick um i picked it because i feel like maybe dave unjustly had an opinion about slasher films in general um and maybe it's in in general a, a good opinion to have but in this case i think it was not applicable and i guess it came up because um uh dave's daughter um 13 year old daughter has been really into horror films lately 14 yeah 14 oh that's right 14 (laughs) (laughs) they they age they do Uh, (laughs) um just like horror movies so she really wanted to see halloween and i i wanted to see it again because i had only seen it once before i think so um i think it came up even before she started talking about mm, horror movies i think about a year ago yeah you every once in a while it would come up and be like you've never seen halloween oh you need to watch the original halloween yeah well it just seems like you would have although you would have been like seven when this came out so okay there's a cat rumble going on (laughs) because each episode also has to have a cat rumble it's true okay we, it's okay. Nobody squirt okay. unless you're going to squirt me. Um, so that's why you, ch- is there anything more about why you chose the movie? Um, when did you see it? Well, so I decided to watch it when I was, you know, kind of like, oh, I should see X movie, but I don't, the way I work isn't like I should see all the classic foreign films. This came up today cause there's a new list of uh, the best foreign films from BBC. Um, but I'm like, what movies in general should I see? What westerns should I see? What what horror films should I see? Um, I think actually I started this when um, I was the uh, collection management person for the radio television film uh, program at our college oh, for notice. a while. And um, somebody came to me and said, we need more genre films. And so I started ordering more genre films, horror, um, because it better reflects how the profession is. And, you know, people aren't just making art films. They're making all sorts of films. They're making science fiction films and they're making horror films. And our classes actually have assignments about about genres and viewing genres and analyzing genres. So I thought, well, I should see the classic horror films. Also, I'm kind of a chicken and never saw any of these scary films when I was a kid. Yeah. <laughs> I'm kind of a big chicken and um, I jump like a foot and a half every time a big like jump scare happens. Um, I'm the person they make jump scares for, I think. It's true because we actually rewatched the movie. To, well, I rewatched the movie tonight because we tried to, we were going to record this weeks ago. Of course, as always, <laughs> we watched the movie probably a month and a half ago. <laughs> and I was like, this is not very clear in my mind. But still, on third viewing for you, she still jumps. Yes, she still I do. jumps. Yeah. 
It's and, true. And um, so, I mean, do we need to say anything? I mean, like, we don't need to give a plot summary, right? No, I don't. I don't. Well, if if you haven't seen it, then we don't want to spoil it for you too much. And then I guess if you have seen it, then you probably know. Um, I guess the the big thing of why I wanted you to see it is because you enjoy Hitchcock, as many people do. And to me, this is like a direct line to psych- I was going to use that psych- same exact phrase. Yes, yeah, Psycho. <laughs> yeah. um, which is, of course, one of Hitchcock's best. But I think that, you know, this is the best form of homage or, or, or whatever. I think it does a really good job of doing it. But also bringing in something new. They're exploring new things, yeah. you know. So I want to... Let, let's address my, <laughs> like, slasher film mm-hmm. thing. Because um, I did grow up, you know, I was a teenager in the 80s. And by that point, when I was like aware, really aware of this kind of movie, like the market was saturated with it. I mean, there were so many bad Friday the 13th type movies and knockoffs of Friday. So Friday the 13th is like a knockoff of Halloween. And Mm -hmm. then you have all the knockoffs of the knockoffs. Um, Boy, we watched that recently. It was not good. I mean, it's... Uh, Friday the 13th. It was I didn't okay. watch it. Oh, no, it was. Sorry, wrong. wrong I still movie. like Nightmare on Elm Street. That's what I mean. It's, it's a bad It's movie. not good, but it's it's good. <laughs> yeah. I, I don't know. Um, so back, so um, I was too young for this one. I, you know, I was, what, eight, uh, eight seven, years, seven, seven, eight years, seven, eight years old. old when Halloween came out. Um, and then I remember ads for all the Friday the 13th movies, and then I remember... Um, and then by the time I was a teenager, I was already reading, you know, watching, you know, sneak previews at the movies, Roger Ebert, Jeep, Siskel and Ebert and all that. And like they, you know, Ebert had a whole thing where he would just, he just called the whole genre dead teenager movies. Mm-hmm. And he just like, there's so many terrible ones. And, you know, he's another dead teenager movies out this weekend, skip that one. And um, so I just lumped it all together and I didn't realize that. I, first of all, I didn't realize this was like the first one. Yeah, it's great. I mean, there was nothing, there was not a slasher film genre mm. before this movie. And it does connect straight back to um, almost 20 years to Psycho, yeah. right? It was around 1960. Um, but th- it's fantastic. Yeah. I mean, it's so well directed and crafted. And I had no idea. This is like a secret. I mean, like, this is just completely a blind spot. Yeah. That's what we did this show for. <laughs> And I didn't realize that Halloween, the original, was actually a really great, well-constructed suspense movie. Mm. And beyond, I mean, since there was no such thing as a slasher genre, a lot of the conventions come up for the first, I mean, they're here for the first time. Yeah. So, and I want to say that even though um, now, when I'm well aware being a movie viewer for so many years of the conventions. I still haven't seen very many slasher movies. Yeah. I've never seen a Friday the 13th movie. I've never, I've never been interested, never cared to, still don't really I care to. I saw Candyman not too but long ago. But I did grow up. Then by the time I got to like uh, college and stuff like that, then you had this great second wave of like meta mm. horror, like Scream. Yeah. And then now, you know, I loved Cabin in the Woods a couple of years yeah. ago, which kind of comes out of that and Joss Whedon and all that stuff. Um so I guess my point was going to be that I'm well aware of all the cliches and conventions. Yeah. We all joke about them all the time. Don't go into the, you know, turn on the lights when you go in the freaking house. Um, don't go into the room alone. Okay. If you go, if you sneak off to go make out with your boyfriend, obviously you're going to murder the first person who takes off their top is going to get murdered. All that kind of stuff. It's true. And yet this movie is still effective. Yeah. 
all these years later. <laughs> pay to attention somebody, to the dog. Yeah. My God, people, yeah. just pay attention to the dog. They know. <laughs> so, uh, you know, going back to it, of course, is the original Michael Myers uh, breaks out of the the insane asylum in the middle of the night during a storm, yeah. steals a car, comes back to Haddonfield, little town of Haddonfield, um, Illinois. Yeah. Um, it's supposed to be. I don't think there actually is. It's Southern California. I've, I well, discovered. Well, but the, just it's a, supposed to be Illinois. Yeah. Well, that's the thing. It doesn't look like Southern California to me at yeah. all. It, they did an excellent job of well, doing a Midwest. Well, they manufactured a town by, yeah. let's shoot this street, yeah. let's shoot this house. You know, that. Edit out the palm trees. They can't edit out the palm trees, <laughs> but yeah. <laughs> and um, Michael Myers goes back to the town where he murdered his uh, sister, Judith Myers, when he was six years old, mm-hmm. before being institutionalized and catatonic and a figure of pure evil, apparently, yes. for so many years. So that's, and I, and I don't know if this is the time to discuss it, but like I think it's so interesting to watch the, progress of psychological analysis in film over time you know because you know Hitchcock was obsessed with psychology but it psychology really was in his infancy back then and it still sounds like we weren't getting much further along in 1978 no so direct line to psycho <laughs> is also direct line from Loomis the Donald Pleasance um, character in Halloween to that terrible scene at the end of psycho oh, yeah. where, where the guy <laughs> explains the complex that Norman mm. Bates has you see he could be his mother by dressing up and all that kind of nonsense. Yeah. It's great. I love that scene, well, but it's pretty bad. Yeah, that was, well, I mean, like, I don't know. I I think that um, Hitchcock in particular was obsessed with the sort of Freudian theories that we've sort of gotten away from, um, you know, in the yeah. last, you know, 30 years of psychology. Um, I think that, like, in movies, you can see a lot more interesting uh, motives than, mm-hmm. oh, he's just evil. <laughs> You know. Well, Michael Myers is just evil. <laughs> He's just e- that's all he is. He's just um, evil. <laughs> and we were reading that article. Just we were looking back at the Wikipedia article a few yeah. minutes ago, and um, it was saying that the the producer like wanted to do something on the on evil, you know, on mm. evil that in, in a, as it manifests in, yeah. a, in a, that something that cannot be killed that is yeah. a presence and all that sort of thing, and that fed into the script that they wrote. Interesting. Um, so, but. But back to the straight line, yeah. it's Michael Myers comes back and basically starts murdering babysitters. Yes. Yeah. The movie was originally going to be called The Babysitter Murders. Interesting. I'm glad they changed That's it. Not That's not a very not good very... name. <laughs> so apparently this the a producer had seen whatever John Carpenter's previous film was and like had an idea for a movie. He's like, I want... And he came to him with the concept of let's make a, a thriller horror movie about babysitter murders. Yeah somebody stalking babysitters. So that actually was the original germ of the idea. Well, and I bet that comes from like, I don't know if you probably had these when I was, when you were a kid, but we always had those like sort of like tales that you told around, around the campfire, not the campfire, but you know, you know, whispered at slumber parties and stuff like that about, you know, people alone in houses and, yeah. And that sort of thing. Well, this has the boogeyman myth kind of threaded through it too, where the little boy that, um, Tommy, Tommy, yeah. who, um, what's her name? Laurie Strode. Mm-hmm. Jamie Lee Curtis. Wonderful Jamie Lee so Curtis. Um, she's the good babysitter mm-hmm. and the only survivor. I mean, mm-hmm. and uh, he's um, worried about the boogeyman the whole time. Yeah. At the end, though, Loomis confirms that, yep. It was the boogeyman. It was the boogeyman. The whole time. <laughs> <laughs> it pretty much was the boogeyman. So, yeah. Yeah. Um, some funny things about the the 
I mean, you can't like really go into the, I mean, it really is just effective as mm-hmm. a, as a suspense movie. Yeah. Right. Cause, cause you start to think about it and, it, and there's so much and that doesn't like, why are they trans, why did they decide to transport Michael Myers in the dead of night? Like during a storm, you yeah. know, like, is that, and when you, <laughs> when you come to get the criminally insane in the middle of the night, like, well, there's during, less cars on the road then okay. or something. I don't know. And then I was thinking, well, they talk about how they're going to load him up with Thorazine to take him to his court appointment where they're going to, I guess, try and get him his commitment, like to stay mm-hmm. on for another, whatever, 10 years or something like that. Why don't they just load him up on the drugs before they transport him <laughs> so he can't escape and take away the car and murder everybody? But that's fine because if he didn't escape, we'd have no Halloween series. It's true. Um, and what's what is the deal? What is Michael Myers' motivation? He's well. That's the thing. Of, what like, is we the don't purpose? Know. Why? So he hates slightly women that are the same well, age as his sister his sister was a babysitter yeah his sister was babysitting his sister was babysitting him let's analyze Michael yeah. Myers so <laughs> he wanted to play twister and well, she was I, like no the connection though is when um Laurie when Jamie Lee Curtis comes to drop off the the key her dad's a realtor, I think. Her dad's something. a realtor. The, somebody's going to look at the... For God knows why. Somebody's going to supposed to come and look at the Myers house. At the murder house. house yeah. At the murder house <laughs> that they say later in the movies. Well, it's been vacant since yeah. 1960, whatever. Yeah, for 13 years or something like that. <laughs> I think it's 1963. Um, but anyway, she leaves the key under... When she leaves the key under the thing, Michael Myers has already come back to town and he sees her through the window. Mm-hmm. And then from that point on, he starts stalking her and yeah, her he friends. That, so that part, the, the stalking during the day stuff, I think is like some of the best parts of that movie. The images I remember most, like from the first time I saw it, are the, you know... The looking behind that they're in suburbia and there's these hedges that I love the hedge hedges. Yeah, there <laughs> it's that that wonderful scene where she's walking with I think her terrible friend Annie. Yeah, neither of the friends are very good. No, but um, and they you you see Michael Myers way in the distance, like pop out from the behind, yes. just standing there lurking. Yeah. Right, he lurks. Yeah, he lurks. He lurks. He also like. It's another thing about the manifestation of pure evil. He freaking disappears all the time. He does, yeah. Like they literally like turn their head and then he disappears. Like this happens over and over and over in the movie. You turn, you see him at a distance. Oh, there's so many great scenes of him just standing somewhere really far away in a long shot, like against the house across the street. And then you react to it or they react to it and they look again and then he's he's gone. Well, and I love the... this, I mean, to talk more about the stalking, I love the part where um, he's in the car, I guess, and he drives by slowly, you know. So good. So I, I don't, this is, this is my experience as a female in this world, but every time that I'm walking by myself and a car so much as slows down, and this isn't from this movie, it's just from life, but, but that is really effective to me, that sort of like fear and like that difference reactions because her friend is like oh it's just you know bucko and he's just you know trying to freak us out and then you know jamie lee curtis is uh, laurie is a little more concerned about it you know than um so anyway anyway i think it's um it's really effective so for me (laughs) 
one of the ways they do that is when Michael Myers first comes back to town in in broad daylight. It's the day of Halloween during yeah. the day as school's going to get out and all that kind of stuff. Um, you have all these scenes of him watching, right? He's watching the little boy get out of school and kind of get bullied by the kids who like smash his pumpkin and tell him about the boogeyman and all that. And you have all of these scenes for a good half to two thirds of the movie. Mm -hmm. You do not see Michael Myers face, even in the mask clearly. And in the, in the first maybe half hour of the movie, you just see like side of his body, Mm -hmm. um, lower portion from behind. You're, you're, you have a creeped out look on your face right now, (laughs) but you have that sense where the camera is sort of his point of view, Mm -hmm. but, and, and it's, um, they use a lot of steady cam, mm-hmm. like early steady cam, so it's a little shaky, but it's always kind of moving, and and it feels like you and the camera are stalking the characters from a distance, and so then you get to these scenes of the 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 babysitter, the friends, the teenagers, you know, walking down those suburban streets, and you always from that point on, you always feel like they are being watched, mm-hmm. they are being stalked. He's around, keeping an eye on them, and you don't know when he's gonna strike yeah uh. <laughs> so good so an interesting fact i learned in the article that mm-hmm. i read the mask the famous mask did you did you catch this no it's a it's a william shatner captain kirk mask oh interesting they bought a dollar 98 captain kirk mask you know i and, didn't see that and they stretched it and widened the eye holes so it wouldn't look like william yeah. shatner but they that the, the prop they guy painted it, they guess? painted it kind yeah. of a metallic a blue gray sort mm-hmm. of thing it's amazing yeah but it's a captain it's a dollar 98 <laughs> captain kirk mask that's the famous michael myers mask that launched a thousand movies yeah. you know and a thousand halloween costumes i guess <laughs> Now, now you have to buy a Michael Myers mask that is, not, you know, hey, we could make our own Captain yeah. Kirk uh, Michael Myers masks. I think it's interesting how um, iconic some of the like major, you know, slasher killers are, you know, like people dress up with them year after year after year. You know, it's mm-hmm. like one of the things there's all people are always wearing Jason masks. People are always carrying around Freddy Krueger gloves. People always have the Michael Myers mask. It's like a thing. Oh, and then they added scream, and now the scream mask get used all the time too. I just, it's something about it like captures the American imagination. It's interesting to me that that's the, you know. Well, I mean, there's something. I mean, all a lot of the stuff is mimicking this film, mm-hmm. right? It's and true. It became like you can't make a movie about a stalker serial killer without giving him a mask and having him not never talk, just yeah. be this silent, strong, scary lurking thug <laughs> presence <laughs> that can't be killed it's true he's you have all of the all that stuff that we that we know later on that he's never down when he's down happens in this movie and so yeah. i guess you wouldn't know that you know if you're seeing this for the first time like i'm expecting him to get up again because i know that convention now but i wouldn't think that an audience in 1978 would expect him to get up again after at least one of those times went towards the yeah. end when Laurie stabs him. Yeah. Well, and, well, that's beautifully done. The like sort of heightening of there's, there's the interaction and, and then the stat and she stabs him and then there's like a little bit of relief and then 
you know, they ratchet it back up like again, like it's like three times or something like that. He's down think? two or three times. Yeah. And then the ending, of course, <laughs> he's shot, flies, yeah. you know, falls out the window. He's down. And then you, I mean, I don't think we're spoiling anything, but you end with the grass is empty when they look out the window. Well, and he's and still out there. Is that the first time that happens? Because th- this is like a convention in movies all the time now. It's how you you generate sequels. You know, you end your movie on a, you know, the 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 plot okay. is is finished, yeah. but then you leave it open for you know. For okay, the next 1978 thing. was not sequel culture. Yeah. There weren't very many sequels in 1978. Yeah. So instead, I mean, if. Again, we can only speculate, but you experience that movie not knowing there's going to be a sequel, and and it ends on the level of it's you can't you can't come down from it, you can't relax because yeah. it, he's still out there. Well, I think it it breeds that sort of the the like sleepover telling these kind of stories. They, it it breeds mm-hmm. that kind of and thing. No one ever saw him. You know, yeah. he's still out there. Well, I love one and watching it again with you. I'm glad we watched it again because there's the scene where they're going to the uh, where the doctor and the sheriff are, are. It's not the sheriff. It's the like head of the graveyard are going to yeah. uh, Joyce Meyer's grave to see if Michael has been there, and. Um, the grave guy starts telling the story. He's like, "There, every town has a guy like this. And he starts telling the story about this guy who took a hatchet. Just at the point yeah. where he, it's like, I don't want to hear any more of that yeah, story. He cuts Loomis him off. interrupts it's so him. Good. It's like, where's the gravestone? <laughs> so Michael Myers also does classic serial killer stuff of like staging that whole thing yeah. at the end where you, he lays out all of the people he's murdered. Um, what's her name? Annie laid out yeah. the, laid out on the bed. Annie's the asshole, frankly. She's she the worst. she's terrible. Yeah. So that's another convention yeah. having the terrible people who who are awful. Yeah. Be the ones who get it's murdered. It's not just because they have sex. It's because no, it's they're not. She's, she's a asshole. really terrible person to, to Lori. <laughs> she's like from the moment she appears on screen, you're like, oh, cool. She's got these neat friends, and she just starts putting her down and yeah. putting her down, and like you'd never have a date, and you know. <laughs> <laughs> she's really a jerk. And she's a terrible babysitter. Yeah, she right? is. She's, yeah, she's completely She doesn't pay any attention to the kid, keeps yelling at the kid, like, your dog's barking again. Yeah. <laughs> oh, my God. Well, plus she drops off her charge with Lori so she can go off and pick up her boyfriend, Paul, you know, who we never see. The babysitters are not into babysitting and no. earning money. They're just trying to find a place to hook up with their own boyfriends. You know, the other thing, and I, I would have to check this to be sure, but I don't think, I think serial killers was a relatively new concept starting in the mid-70s. So that sort of um, ordered laying stuff out, that sort of thing, which is a trope now, but also like stuff they pulled from... Well, we were having actual yeah. serial killers yeah. in the 70s and 80s, yeah. too. That's that's when they really, uh-huh. you know... Zodiac Killer. Richard, what's-his-face, and... Richard Ramirez, that's and all name. of those guys. Yeah. And now there's all Son those, of Sam, those movies set in the 70s uh-huh. about... Now they've made movies about yeah. each of those <laughs> characters. Which I think I've seen all of. Um, I don't so watch films although like I don't like often. I don't like slasher films but I'm I love serial killer movies so it's it's kind well, of weird I, I like the psychological analysis type I stuff, loved but. Silence of the Lambs when that came out 
in the yeah. 80s. Like, well, that was that was my... Famously, yeah. I, I like to tell you, not famously, but <laughs> I just can't go back to that movie. I can't watch it anymore. It's too mm. gross now. Now that I have kids and, like, I don't know, I'm not... I can't watch stuff that's so graphic and, like, you know... I just can't. My point yeah. of view changed. Interesting. Anything else uh, to sum up? I, oh, um, to sum up... Well, how about the music? I oh, mean, yeah. It, it, I think it's, it's classic. One, it's John Carpenter. Yeah. Um, actually composed, <laughs> com- composed and played it. But it's another one of the reasons I think that the, um, the stalking scenes are so eerie. Mm-hmm. Because that music will often kick in when otherwise you're just looking at like a brightly lit suburban mm-hmm. lane with the trees and the, the people walking. And then you'll kind of hear that music come in. Famous piano, weird strings and yeah piano. well and and just think of how effective the soundtrack is in psycho you know in particular um but i think that this is not as you know complex as the psycho theme but it's um i think pretty effective you know and well it still lives on i mean it's instantly recognizable mm-hmm. it is it is as known as the psycho theme yeah there's like very few scores that are as well known as as that i mean i can think of jaws maybe and then um of course all the sort of john williams stuff that came in but i can't really think beyond beyond those anything that has much more you know mm-hmm. well known and, and and now you can buy the record there's a special edition lp it's with not the... something i'm likely to put on and listen to around the house i don't think it I seems mean... like a once a year kind of thing just <laughs> at halloween just for your halloween <laughs> haunted house kind of mm. set up or your party or whatever. Yeah. Um, I, I want to talk, I, I do want to mention like, what do you, what's your take on this, on the Donald Pleasance character, Loomis? What's his deal? I, he, he like literally does nothing. He stays in Michael Myers house and expects him to come back. Oh, he'll so be back. There's about, <laughs> there's about 30 minutes of screen time and, and implied about six hours or so of Loomis the one who's tracking yeah. and stock staking out, trying to trying to find Michael Myers, the doctor who let him go, you know, who he got away from. Just he's standing outside the Myers house for yeah. like half the movie. Yeah. In the dark, waiting and talking to the well, sheriff every and once in a while. The other thing is the sheriff is the dad of Annie, is Annie's dad. Yes. So we kind of like miss out on the on you know, I don't know, and maybe this happens in the second movie, but on the reaction of of this law enforcement officer who loses his daughter during this thing, it's not. There's actually no reason for them to be related. Related at all? Yeah. Yeah, I'm not sure why. I don't. Really, I thought if I you're going to introduce that, it's yeah. like it's not used in any yeah, way. Really, you could use it, but they didn't. Uh uh-uh. uh So Loomis's role, the Donald Pleasance role, is really he's the one who has to explain to us the origin of Michael Myers Mm -hmm. and the threat of Michael Myers. And it's, it's so exaggerated and hyperbolic the way that he talks about how he's pure evil. So here's the thing. Here's what I want to (laughs) know. Going back to like psychology, (laughs) Hollywood style as a six year old boy, he murdered his sister, right. Mm -hmm. And had no remorse and like went catatonic. Mm -hmm. And there, when he explains like what Michael Myers has been like, like he basically says he's been sitting in a room like unresponsive for 15 years. 
So how is he so like he's pure evil and he's going to murder people and yeah. stuff if he's been catatonic this whole time? Well, how does he how see does him he imme- have as an the immediate ability threat? to move or drive or he drives the car <laughs> and actually they he's tra- pretty strong yeah. too. He's and if really been- <laughs> strong. He's a big sort of. <laughs> if you've been sitting in a chair for fifteen years, you're not gonna you're gonna be completely atrophied. <laughs> so here's the thing. Donald Pleasance is a little like not very reliable. I don't. I mean, yeah. we're not, are we hearing the whole thing? Why? Yeah. What, why is he so worried about a catatonic like? He's mental catatonic, patient? except when he's working out in the yard with yeah with I don't, weights. I don't understand yeah. why. I mean, what distinguishes Michael Myers from any other patient? Especially, yeah. there would be patients who are way more imbalanced and violent and psycho- mm-hmm. actively psychotic, going through something. But he's worried about the escape of like a catatonic, um, you know, murderer who murdered one person who hasn't said anything or talked ever since. He was six years old when he left. How does he know where the asylum is in relation to where his hometown is? He knows how to drive to Haddonfield. Well, okay, we're no fun. He bought a map. You're no fun anymore. He stole a map from the guy he murdered on the side of the road. <laughs> well, he stole the guy's... Um, that's right. His, his uh, whatever, what do you... Jumpsuit, right? Well, and that, you know, I think that's interesting too, because, you know, it's suburbia. Like, he's dressed like a gardener, you know, except for the weird mask, you know. So, like, easily people could convince themselves that the creepy guy is just, like, doing garden work or something like that. Yeah. Well, the fact that it's Halloween, <laughs> you you get to have him be able to wander and lurk around that night while kids are trick or treating, and, yeah. and most of the people on the street don't really seem to notice him. Yeah, I guess. But then he disappears at will whenever he wants to. Well, you know, and I think just based on because I wasn't alive in the seventies, that I think that Halloween, the trick or treating, there was a lot more trick going on than we yeah. do these days. Now it's just like free for all candy party. Um, but I think there was a lot more sort of mischief going on, you know, toilet papering and yeah. busting of pumpkins. And, you know, this is all based on a Freaks and Geeks episode. So. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> so lastly, um, we didn't really give it justice, but Jamie Lee Curtis, this is oh, her first so movie. This is her first movie and she's a natural. She's wonderful. Like she's so authentic on screen and she's... Um, like a strong character and she's a good character. Um, and she seems like a real person. She's mm-hmm. one of the only people in the film who seems like a real person. Who's, yeah. And she, she's charismatic. I don't know. She's just so great from moment one. Yeah, she is. It's true. It was the start of a good career. It was. It was. And which she's now, now um, maybe this weekend we'll go see the sequel. Yeah, I think, so. well, it's, um, Let's, several records already. It's, it's breaking the, all kinds of the records. The top right? grossing uh, movie starring a woman. Uh, no, f- top grossing horror film starring a woman. Um, and then the top grossing movie of all time featuring a w- woman over the age of 55 in the lead role. And it's Jamie awesome. Lee is like freaking excited about it. She's like posting on Twitter and all of this yeah. stuff about I've what an achievement it is. And so I heard that it's a good film. So it's maybe supposed we'll to check be a good out. film. And it is supposed to, I understand, wipe out the, all the other sequels. Mm-hmm. And, and it's pretty much um, a direct sequel to 1978 Halloween, okay. 40 years later, whatever. Interesting. Cause she was in like Halloween H2O that came out in like, 
2002 or something like that or 1999. I, I think know. this, I think they just kind of hit the reset button yeah. and like, let's just make a good film now as if this is the only <laughs> neck, this is yeah. the next chapter. Let's forget about the terrible movies in between. I don't know. I, you, I think the original Halloween two you said was received. Well, I've never, we haven't seen that yet. I haven't seen it. I just go- know that it happened. Like it's, it's like later that night. Oh, it's a dirt. Like it's, it's a dirt. Like, okay. dirt, like immediate Interesting. sequel. That makes me and more it curious has, to see it that. And it has Todd in it, the guy that, that she's being teased about it, whatever his name oh, is. Oh, yeah. I don't think it's Todd, but I know where you're going. Is it Todd? It might be Todd. I don't know. I don't know. Roger, who Ryan, knows? Ryan, something. Whatever. Brian, boy Ryan, name. boy Ryan. name. Everybody's yeah. named like Bobby and Tommy and, yeah. and stuff like that. It's true. All right. I think that's it for my final thoughts. Do you have anything else on the wonderful 1978 Halloween? I think we got everything that that I had... Um, I, I will say, and just cause we didn't mention it, um, if you haven't seen it follows, I think that it follows is along the same tradition. It's set in the beautiful suburbia has these great long stalker shots. Um, uh, it's, if it's, you get your kick seeing yeah. Michael Myers, like half a block away and yeah. knowing that you better move and <laughs> then you'll like it follows. It follows. Yeah. It's, that it's just chilling. Well, yeah. As you see, <laughs> and it follows, as you see them and from a distance before the characters see them, like just lumbering, yeah. like a slow zombie sort of thing. Yeah. Just coming relentlessly, yeah. slowly, relentlessly, forever. So, yeah. Hey, that's a good way to end if the show. You, if you like Psycho, if you like Halloween, watch It Follows. So this really was like, like changed the way I felt about, well, at least Halloween. I don't think it changes anything about how I feel about Friday the 13th Mm. or anything like that. I don't still don't like camp slasher movies. Cool. Um, so (laughs) that's it for our Halloween, Halloween episode. Yes. Right. Yes. October 30th, the streets are dark. Wait, what's that? Oh, that's my reflection in the window. Okay. That's not Michael Myers. Um, any weird noises you hear are the cats or the dog. So we are safe as far as I know. Did you lock the door? I, I, I rarely do, so. Okay. <laughs> All right. Well, thank you for listening to Shut Up and Watch This. Um, we will be back again when we're back. I'm just yeah. going to say that. Um, and uh, at least we know we're not going to be married again in the next. Yeah. We're not, so we so might, that, we might, we get might actually out. get something out on time. So maybe we can um, pick a uh, Thanksgiving themed uh, movie too. There's so many. Wait, do we now have? Are we now doing a show that has to tie there's in? There's a theme, the, yeah. I don't want to so do so many terrible. There's so there's too many bad family Thanksgiving reunion movies. Thanksgiving movies. Yeah. That's terrible. I don't even want to. Yeah, okay. <laughs> um, so if you like the show, please tell your friends. Hit subscribe on your favorite podcast app, and write us a quick review sometime, or give us a star rating on iTunes because it'll help people find and follow us too. All right, thanks again for listening, and see you next time. Bye. Thank you.